Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your talent transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Hello and welcome to the Performance Matters podcast. I'm your host, Michael Thiel. By day, I am a creative director on the research and innovation team. And really one of the side perks is I also get to host the Performance Matters podcast and talk to thought leaders industry-wide on a weekly basis. So pinch me, I think I'm dreaming right now. But today our topic on the pod is career and leadership support. So for those that are not aware, GP Strategies is the world's leading talent transformation organization. We have a thriving practice in consulting and learning services and technology. A big part of that is also conducting research, research on various topics related to the practices. Today, of course, we've brought in, like we always do, some amazing thought leaders to help us make sense of things. Today, I am honored to have in the virtual studio, friend of the show, Katie Bailey of GP Strategies. Hi, Katie. How are you? Doing great. Happy to be back. Thank you. Awesome. And you're not here alone here. You've brought in your friend and colleague, compatriot, Leah Clark of Leader Connect. Leah, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here as well. Okay, so I have not met you before, but I understand you and Katie have been friends and colleagues for numbers of years. Is that correct, Leah? Absolutely. And partners in crime, I would say as well. That was the exact phrase that was coming to mind. <laughs> Beware, everyone. Beware. I love it. I love it. Okay. So one of the things that we like to do is have people just share a little bit of their bios. Obviously, you two are, of course, accomplished in career and leadership support, in coaching, best practices. But let's start and just share a little bit of your bios. Leah, I'm going to start with you since it's the first time I've met you. Um, let's not go back to prom or you know, difficulties in elementary school, but just share a little bit of your career bio with our listeners. Yeah, let's not. The prom photos uh, and the hair <laughs> files then would we, not. We don't need the claw, right? We don't we need, do the, need the claw or anything. So. <laughs> we do not okay. need that. Um, yeah, and happy to be here. So a little bit about me. I spent the first part of my career in financial services, and I often say much to the chagrin of my former employer, did not love financial services. But I really loved the dynamic between employees and leaders and unpacking what that dynamic was about and why were people engaged in the work that they did and how could they advance a career and be engaged each and every day that they came into the office. And so I went back and formally studied engagement, leadership, coaching career and uh, began my own business, although I rapidly then became attached to GP Strategies and spent time with colleagues like Katie developing leadership development workshops, uh, digital leadership offering, did some writing, some research uh, prior to the work that we're talking about today. And now I have my own business, Leader Connect, doing a lot of what I just described. And I still get to work with GP Strategies and Katie and haven't gone, haven't gone too far away from them. Still very close uh, partners of mine and happy to be saying that uh, Katie and I are here to talk about some of the work that we did today. Oh, that is great. And then where's home for you, Leah? Spring Lake Heights, New Jersey. So I was saying earlier, eight blocks from the beach. I'm, I'm very oh. happy to make others just a little bit jealous of that fact. <laughs> 
No fair, no fair. And by the way, I'm in Phoenix here, so I would love some of that beach and some of those nice trade winds at this point, for sure. That would be wonderful. Okay, now, Katie, um, I know you've been on. We've mixed it up several times, but let's hear your bio, too, because I'm sure there's some people that are on drive time. They're like, I don't know Katie from a sack of potatoes. So what's your background? <laughs> well, I do I do think I have some differentiation from a sack of potatoes, only slightly, though. Um, but yes, and I'm out of fun facts, right? Because almost every time I come on, this is like maybe seven or eighth time I've been on, and we always go through, I have nothing fun left. But... I'll start with the basic <laughs> stuff. So I'm based in Buffalo, New York. And I always lead off with that because everybody knows somebody who lives in Buffalo, went to Buffalo, likes the Buffalo Bills or hates them or whatever. So I'm a big, proud Buffalonian. And I've worked with GP Strategies for almost six years. Um, this was my first foray, I would say, into the corporate world. So before that, I had always worked in higher education and nonprofits, but always with this theme of training and learning. So I love that we're talking about career development today because you know, the work that we've done over the past few years at GP has really made me think from like a retroactive standpoint, like the evolution of my career, what I've done both intentionally and also just like by mistake <laughs> that have led to where <laughs> I am today. And then I love working with organizations to help them be more intentional in what they do with career, career pathing and progression, um, providing leaders and individual contributors with the skill sets needed to have effective career conversations um, and all that great stuff. So I won't steal too much thunder from today, but again, I'm really happy to be here. And, and I work in the leadership development division of GP overseeing our product portfolio and our research efforts. Awesome. Well, that was masterful jobs. Both of you did a masterclass in bios here. So uh, I can see you're well qualified to both research and report out on career perspectives. And um, uh, for those that happen to maybe be looking at this on our YouTube page, uh, you'll see I have a snazzy little green screen background with the report behind me. I have my Ron Burgundy hair on right now. So <laughs> I'm doing my best anchor. But the first question I have for you too is really, um, why did you do this? Like why focus on this research report right now? What was, what was your motivation? Uh, yeah, I mean, how could you not do research on career at this point with so much in, um, in the news on a regular basis around quiet quitting and the great resignation and how gener different generations look at the topic of career. You know, I think Katie and I couldn't get to this topic fast enough because there is, you know, so much that has happened historically. You know, there have always been different generations in the workforce with different attitudes or perspectives around career. So that's something that's always been there. But I think the context now, especially in the past few years, in the wake of the pandemic and the changes in the way people work and multiple generations, you know, in the workplace, mm. I couldn't see um, how you could walk away from an opportunity to get inside the minds of folks who are, you know, managing careers in a way that are very different and in many ways very much the same from the way we've seen folks navigate their careers in the past, at least that was my perspective. Katie, you want to jump in? Yeah, no, everything you said. And I also think the thing that made it really exciting for us is that GP Strategies has been tracking trends on career development for years. And so we've done historical research. And one of the things that was very fascinating to me to explore and dig into was 
what has changed since the last time that we asked these questions, which was 2017, because okay. um, the world has changed just a little tiny bit for all the reasons that Leah mentioned. And so I, you know, one of the big curiosity points for me was not just taking the pulse now, but also comparing it to what we saw several years ago and how have all these different factors and dynamics um, impacted the way that people feel about their careers. Uh, it's very interesting. It sounds like what I'm hearing from you, Leah, is that this is like the zeitgeist moment. This is something that right now is, we need this kind of report. We need to make sense of this. I mean, I, I can feel it or, you know, you just feel like there's this, this uh, challenge of how do you get people connected and want to stay with your organization and not just stay, but thrive. Right. And yeah. So I'm really, I'm really interested to, to hear about this and unpack it. Is there anything that you two want to share about how you went about this process? I mean, did you go to the library and have uh, Encyclopedia Britannica's open and everything? What was what was the uh, the approach you took? Yeah, with our clipboards and everything, absolutely. Yeah. So no, like I like I mentioned before, we had some historical data to to really look at, and that helped inform some of the questions that we asked in this year's survey. Because some of the questions we wanted to do a one to one, apples to apples comparison about what 2017 looked like versus 2023. For other questions, though, there were things that we did that reflected the current reality. Right, 2017 survey didn't have a lot of questions on things like hybrid and remote work as a factor. Right, that's one of the major mm. things that have changed. Um, but in terms of the nuts and bolts of the survey, we were able to release an electronic survey that went global, um, really kind of straddling the very end of 2022 to the beginning month of 2023. Um, we got over 2,000 respondents from around the globe. So we just were able to um, disseminate that survey and then and then spend several months analyzing the results. So, um, Leah, if I'm missing anything. No, the only thing I would add is what we also really wanted to do was find out how individual contributors were thinking yes. about their career as compared to leaders. So we always you know, okay. think about how do we motivate people and keep them engaged in this topic of career. And Katie and I often found ourselves saying, leaders are people too. You know? And so we said, how can we make sure as we explore this topic of career, we're cutting the data by uh, all employees, individual yes. contributors and leaders. That was a, a really important focus for us and, and because Leaders are, in fact, people too, and so it needs to be a T-shirt or something, mm -hmm. or like cross right? somewhere, a sticker. Leaders, leaders are, people are people too, too. right? <laughs> I say this all the time, though, and I, I love that you brought that up, Leah, because it really is true. So often we look at leaders only as like a function of their role, and we lose sight of the fact that they they too are individuals with needs and career development uh, goals and needs and, and things like that. So um, whether we're talking about emotional intelligence or career development, like I love the fact that you know we were able to bring that to life, looking at leaders. Um, as individuals. So here's the thing. It sounds like you two have, have shared that this was a robust thing. You didn't just ask a, a couple people at the water cooler. You had thousands, thousands of respondents at various levels of the organization. Um, you didn't ignore the leaders as we uh, indicated here. Leaders are people too. I'm really interested to dive into this. Um, in particular, just this subline of a study in paradox, but I'm going to let you both know I'm an open book here. I have actually not had a chance to look at this intentionally because I want to be fresh. I want to react to it. Um, at least that's what I would tell a teacher. <laughs> I'll buy it. I'm buying it. I want to react here. Okay. So you guide me, tell me um, where you want to go with this. And I'm just really interested to, to listen and learn from both of you. So um, tell me where to go and we'll, we'll go there. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to just cover quickly why we settled on the title that we did, because I think it sets the stage for, you know, the data that Katie and I unpacked, right? So this idea okay. of a paradox, because in the data, you know, we looked at it, we stepped back and we started to see what we saw were conflicts or contradictions. Employees were saying, I want A, but I also want B. And we thought, um, are they, is there a discrepancy here? Is it a riddle, a conundrum, a problem, a challenge? You know, are they talking out both sides of their mouth? And then we stopped and we said, no, that's not the case at all. It's not they want A uh, or B, they want both. It's not either or. It's not, I, you know, I want compensation, but I want to satisfy my values. Both things are true at the same time. And so we really wanted to play with that idea of folks are asking for two things that on the surface seem contradictory. And when you look at the data more specifically, you realize they aren't contradictions. People are saying they want both things at the same time. They want and again, I know we're going to unpack the data, but just to set the stage, they want to uh, consider what's next for their career and not but and they're also engaged in what they're doing right now. And one can feed or fuel the other. So the place I would just hmm. start is setting the stage with this idea of paradox, because it really is the platform for what Katie and I uncovered in, in the data as we looked at it, you know, on the whole. Yeah, that is it, it makes sense. So in my mind, because you go, you know, like you said, to be motivated for the future, you need to see some hope for gain. And then you're like, Ooh, I can see the future. Now I need to thrive where I'm bloom where I'm planted, right. And so I can see how it's it's not uh, it, it all comes together here. So there are several paradoxes here that you have within the career perspective study. Um, let's just start with the first one. Uh, I'm very interested. So let's break this down. Leah, do you want to take the lead on this? Yeah, absolutely. What is the first paradox, first of all, and then let's make sense of it. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so the first paradox is I'm more engaged in my current job when talking about my next job or my future job. So what we wanted to try and dispel as we unpacked this paradox was this idea that, oh gosh, if somebody is focused on their career right now, if I'm talking to my people about their career, that means suddenly they're going to leave, right? That just the very fact of talking about career or thinking about career is going to send somebody uh, in that category of voluntary turnover. And in fact, that's not true at all. Such a myth. It's it a is myth. such hmm. a myth, right? And and are people engaged in their careers? Career important to them? Absolutely. You know, what we saw in the data was that 75% of employees say that their career is a priority for them, particularly in this past year. And at the same time, not but, and at the same time, when they're talking about career, their engagement is going up. In fact, upwards of 80% said that career development conversations positively impact their engagement. So the message here is when you talk to your people about their career, you send the message to them that they're valued, 
that uh, mm. they can trust you, that they're not a cog in a larger machine. And in engaging with them in that way, you actually increase their level of engagement. So that is such an important message. Yeah, yeah. And, and such an important message for leaders, right? To encourage them to engage in that career dialogue because it's going to be helpful, not harmful to the way that they want their people to show up in their organization. Okay, so let me let me play a little devil's advocate yeah. here for you both. Ooh. Is Okay, if I'm a manager and let's say I don't really have a place for someone to go in their career. I mean, what do you say to someone who thinks something like that? Yeah. So that is a big fear of leaders and a reason why they don't engage with individuals in career conversations. The concern that they have is if I can't promote, if I can't uh, you know, give additional compensation, this is going to be an unsatisfactory, difficult, negative uh, discussion. However, what our data tells us is that um, folks are interested in trying new things and developing their skills. So another data point for you, 84% of those we surveyed said there's nothing wrong with staying in the same job if they can try new things or develop their skills. Mm. So I'm not here to tell you <laughs> that compensation and advancement are completely unimportant. Of course they are. That being said, what's also true, we know this in the data, we've seen this year over year, is that what people really want to talk about mm. is skills that they want to try, the new things they want to learn, and the issues that are most important to them. Katie, what, okay. what do you want to add here? I know this. Okay, so this 84%, like moment of silence for this number, because if I were, yeah. I mean, if I were if CEO of an organization trying to like stem the turnover tide, right? I would look at that and say, wow, do I have a magic bullet potentially? Do I have something that does it really lie? And, and it dovetails with so many of the conversations we're having about skills-based organization and skill future skills organizations. That's the first thing. But the other thing that comes to mind for me, Leah, is like how much this, this totally um, jibes, resonates, aligns with our point of view on career all the way along, right? Growth does not always mean up. There's so many different ways that you can develop people. There's so many different levers that you can pull that are not necessarily a, a higher level promotion or additional compensation. And in fact, for the former, we're finding data that suggests some people don't want to be promoted if that means becoming a people leader. That, that's a whole other that's a whole other survey that we could potentially, mm -hmm. but, but I think that the headline is, is that, you know, development or growth does not always mean up. There's so many different things that a leader can leverage to get their people exposure to new people, to new opportunities, to new um, ways wow. that they can continue to upskill. I mean, this is, this is awesome to me that that helps me almost think of, Hey, a manager should really, when you think about sponsorship, it's how, how can we make you uh, the, the best version of yourself? have you feel fulfilled. And like you just said there, Leah, if even if you're like, listen, we don't have some structured pay grade or, or the next step in the chain, maybe you could just become the the master craftsman at your role and feel more fulfilled with it. And the studies are saying undeniably, right? That's what people want. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I'm not here, nor is Katie here to tell you that compensation is, in, is not important. We saw sure. in some of the other data that, yes, you know, people are concerned about compensation and with inflation and other issues. It's rising. Yes, the well, yes. Yeah. It's natural for that to be there. And it's not everything. It's not 
everything that folks want to talk about each and every time they talk about career. They do want to talk about that from time to time. It can't be ignored where they really want to spend their time and where you can truly send the message to your people that you value them is when you mm. have these career discussions. And, and I don't want to, um, okay. I don't want to tip my hand on paradox number two. I was going to say know? we're like what? leading right into it. I can't even believe how well <laughs> okay. this is Okay. Well, I think we've, we've had enough value this podcast. I think we can just cut it right now. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. My jaw's dropping from all that. But wait, there's more. We have three more paradoxes. I don't know if that's right. Paradox, paradise. Oh my God. I had the same thing when we were first writing. I'm like, paradoxes, paradoxize. It's paradoxes. I checked. It's cactus. Paradoxes. Is that cool to say? Okay. You're fine. All right. So, what's the second one here? Because we've already got serious value with number one. So, what's what's number two? Well, the best part is, is it actually correlates really well to exactly what we were just talking about. And so, this is like kind of like another kind of current job, next job paradox. So, things like values and strengths are important in the current job that someone has. And, but, and while uh, financial reward is also important for the next role. So again, both things are important, but what we found is that when someone is in a current role and they are engaging with their leader in a conversation, one of the questions we ask is, um, what is the most important thing for you and your leader to get on the same page about? And just like in 2017, far and away, the number one thing that people said were my values and strengths and how I can do more work that satisfies them. So unsurprising to us, I think looking at the data is like, yeah, values are still reigning supreme. People want to do work that aligns with who they are, what they stand for. They want to do what they do best. Um, And if you want a a peek at some of the other options, uh, a distant second place. So 61% of people said, hey, number one thing to get on uh, the front page is my values and strengths. The next highest response was at 17%. um, And that was previous work experience and roles. And then bringing up the rear were compensation and promotion. So again, those things are still important. And we did see some of the promotion and compensation numbers rise since the last time we asked it. Makes total sense. Um, But to me, the headline is still clear in terms of people wanting to do that work that aligns with their values and skills. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you two, um, but for me, what I've always felt is like the compensation, it's important, but it wears off pretty quickly if you're not doing something that you really feel like, hey, I'm built to do this, right? And Mm -hmm. I can see why turnovers start to become an issue at that point because money's not going to money's not going to solve it for the the long term right there. Leah, anything you want to add to to paradox number 2? No, I mean I would I would say you you nailed it in what you just said in terms of I, I do think there's a fatigue factor around discussing compensation mm-hmm. and promotion, right? You can't have that conversation every week. It's fatiguing for the employee <laughs> and the leader and they don't want to have that every week. <laughs> what you can talk about on a regular week, you know, on a, on a regular basis each week is you know, how did your week go? What was the best part of your week? What did you struggle with? And when you're talking about that, you're getting at issues of satisfaction. You know, you're getting at issues of potential growth or places where maybe you don't feel like you're growing. Um, So the other thing I would say is that those career conversations, talking about values and work that satisfies you, you can bring those into the cadence of your regular discussions with your employees, right? And that is not a fatiguing conversation. That's the kind of conversation you can have in your one-on-ones in a very natural way. You know, I, I sometimes joke around that, Career discussions don't have to be these, you know, let's sit down and stare deeply into each other's eyes. You know, 
<laughs> not that kind of thing. If you're doing it right. well, it's a little bit more informal, regular basis and talking about, as Katie mentioned so beautifully in unpacking the research, things like values and work that satisfies me. And there are some very, I think, natural and authentic ways for leaders to bring that conversation into their day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week interactions. Hmm. This is just gold here. I mean, as someone who actually has a, a pretty decent sized staff that I work with, I am I'm like, oh, I, man, I wish I could be typing all this stuff down right now. If there You're was just something I could get thing. this. I know. And then I went, oh, wait, we've got a report that I can go back to. And it's probably there, right? And you have friends that you can phone, obviously. Oh, I know. What a great thing working for GP Strategies, the world's <laughs> leading talent transformation <laughs> partner. Ding, ding, ding. Way to work oh, that right. <laughs> Yeah, we need one of those 1930s bells where we go, ding. Hey, man, I'm looking for some uh, career development support. Where can I go? Okay. Uh, maybe I'll cut that. Maybe I won't. We'll maybe see. Maybe you won't. That's this okay. Organic. It's organic. Yep. It's a workshop. Okay. So we've got two fantastic ones. Oh, I just want to go right now and start using these things. They are amazing, but we've got two more to go to. So what's the third paradox? Well, we have two more to go to, but we didn't really finish paradox two, if you don't oh, mind. Okay. Wait, so, let's circle back. We, got, we almost got about halfway there. So let me, let me just, I'm going to go really high level. So Okay. Basically, the the paradox is in that when people are in their current role, they want to be talking about their values and skills and kind of compensation and promotion fall to the bottom. But when we asked a question in a different way and we said, hey, when you leave your position, what are you going to be looking for? Guess what rose to the number one and number two spots? I'm going to probably say some cheddar. Perhaps. Yeah. So what Jeez. was on the bottom of the, <laughs> the current role, compensation and promotion, actually rose to the top when we asked for people, what are you looking okay. for in your next role? Interesting. Number one, financial reward. Number two, promotion. Number three, oh, I guess some work that is interesting to me. So again, to Leah's point Whoa, about paradoxes okay. in the beginning, both of these things can be true at the same time. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw this data, I panicked a little bit. I was like, what does it mean? What does it mean? And Leah helped me really cut through that noise of like, yeah, like both of those things can actually be true. Like when you're kind of in that current role, it's really important to be doing that work that aligns with who you are, what you stand for. And also when it comes time to like, I mean, to, to, to reach out, like why wouldn't you be looking for a higher position, higher pay, particularly mm -hmm. given some of the economic challenges and inflation and the struggle oh, for sure. kind of real from a financial standpoint. So I just wanted to wrap up that paradox a little bit where it's like, again, okay. both of these things can be true at the same time. It's it's not about neglecting any one of those components, but kind of understanding holistically kind of where they fit and kind of how to work them all into conversations with people that you lead. Yeah. And, and well, I think and there's I, something oh, sorry, to go ahead, Leah, I was going to say, I think there's something also to the fact that, well, if you are going to leave, right, and, and there's uh, a lot that goes along with leaving an organization. You're leaving, hopefully, colleagues that you, you know, care for and respect and work that you've done and maybe some amount of time that you've put in. So if you're going to, quote unquote, upset that apple cart, I think a lot of people would say, I sure as heck am going to make sure that there is some other benefit to me and my family in my life. And, and a lot of times that benefit does come in the form of compensation and promotion. So, uh, mm. and then when they get there on a regular basis, circle back to the beginning of the paradox, hopefully they're having those conversations 
frequently around values and work to satisfy. So it's, it is that end also proposition. It's not a, it's okay. not talking about out both sides of their mouths, which is a little bit of what we were pondering when we first saw the data. Panicking. Leah says pondering. I say panicking. So well, yeah. let's, let's think about this the other way. If um, let's, let's have you two address this one. Let's assume some, you're trying to keep someone within your organization. You value them. You've obviously been working on um, helping them develop their career skills. Um, and, but when it comes to maybe making a jump within the organization, um, what are, what's the impact if, if Katie, if you're my boss, okay. If oh, you're my in boss, a perfect world. What kind of conversations do oh, I, oh, I know, I know. Continue with this fantasy story. If you were, yeah, here we go. I was doing the Wayne's world thing, by the way. So yes. I don't know if we I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, Excellent. Patent pending. But so what kind of conversations should you be having with me about next steps or compensation if I am uh, one of your staff? Like, can you, am I putting you two on the spot on that one? No. I, well, I'm going to I'm going to be a good consultant. And, well, I was going to answer your question with a question, but that's just rude. Um, what don't I would say that. is if <laughs> if you were if I was doing what I should have been doing all along, it, we would have been having this conversation all the way along, right? So I would understand um, what, who you are, what motivates you, what you're looking for out of your career, the types of levers that, again, are motivating to you. If you and Leah were both on my team, the, the, what motivates you might be completely different. And if I have to manage both of you, I have to adapt my style in order to be effective for both of you and also really get to know you, not just as worker bees, but like human beings. Um, and so it makes those career conversations, I think, a lot easier when you have like those things like trust and rapport and psychological safety, and you don't get to necessarily these potentially contentious moments in time because you've been walking this path with each other all along. I know I didn't answer your question straight away, but I do think, and I invite Leah if you want to jump in too, but the first thing that I think about when I when I think about those questions like that is, you know, again, what has preceded this career conversation? Is it in a relationship in an environment that is full of trust and mutual respect and psychological safety? Or have there been challenges in communication, barriers to satisfaction or contribution um, that a leader maybe could have addressed but didn't? Um, and that will impact that conversation or the ability for someone to feel like they can even bring their full self and their hopes and dreams to the table in that conversation. Well, and I think you also naturally lead into paradox number three. So I, I couldn't have written it better. I want to take us there a little bit in terms of answering the question. And I'm not sure. I'm not looking to skate around it, but I, I think um Katie, what you said also dovetails with paradox number three and, and may get at this question of, well, what is my role as a leader? when somebody comes to me and wants to move internally and what are the implications of that so so let's go to paradox number three as i love we... it that was that was a very skillful transition right there. <laughs> i'm sorry right. I know you're, you're running the podcast and i'm transitioning us <laughs> well you your your company name is uh, leader connect right <laughs> there you go. so you're you're displaying some of this this leadership ability but yeah let's move into to paradox <laughs> Number three here, we've got two solid ones here. 
how does how does number two kind of dovetail in there? What's the connection, Leah? Well, so number three, right? So, um, so what Katie was saying is, you know, you this conversation, this um, sort of theoretical conversation that you illustrated, if somebody comes to you as a leader and asks you about movement in the organization and moving up kind of thing, and Katie's comment was, well, that really shouldn't catch you off guard if you are um, sort of managing that relationship in a thoughtful way you should be having these conversations frequently, right? And paradox number three is all about the frequency of the conversation and the leader's role, the role that the employee wants the leader to play in their career development. And so paradox number three is, um, I want you, leader and organization, to ask me what I want often, and hmm. I also want you to tell me what the organization wants, right? And we thought, oh my okay. goodness, are both of these things, are these things contradictory? They are not. So here's what we found in the data, um, that 79% of employees want to discuss their career quarterly or more frequently. So 79% say we should be talking about career on a regular basis, regular being quarterly or more frequently. Now, a little side note on that. When we did the data in 2017, we asked about how often career conversations are actually happening, not what the desire is, but the reality. And the reality is that while, again, 79% of employees want those discussions to happen quarterly, if not more frequently, the truth is that 36% have career conversations annually, and 27% said that they never have career conversations. So there is oh, wow. a big gap between the desired frequency and the uh, the reality, the actual frequency with, within which uh, career conversations are being had. Now, I'll take it a little bit mm. further. Um, when folks are engaging with their leader, in those career conversations, again, back to what I opened up with, 96% of them said that I want you to play a role, leader. So we thought, well, maybe they're going to say be hands off. No, no. 96% said I want the leader involved in this career discussion. And when I talk to them, I want their support connecting me with opportunities, back to your scenario. Um, and if the organization has a bias for where they think I should go, can you please just tell me? That would be helpful information for me to have. Um, so, so sort of rounding out this paradox, talk to me frequently. If you have a bias for where you think I should go, help me understand and see what that path looks like. Um, and so the implication mm. here is, uh, and I'll use my I'll use my chair as my as my visual uh, <laughs> sort of prop here. The, the sort of sum of it for the leader is that they are in this prime position where they can, let's say, turn to the right and see what the organization has coming down the pike, right? What roles are emerging, where there are talent needs, uh, where there are open spots. They have that line of sight into what's happening in the organization. And if they're doing a good job, they know over here with their employees what's important to them. What are their values? What skills hmm. do they want to try? What did Katie tell me she wants to do next to help her grow and, and develop? And so that leader in that sort of, you know, swivel chair position can play the perfect role of matchmaker 
between employee interests and organizational needs. And I just said a lot about mm. paradox three. So um, <laughs> Katie, do you want to jump in or is there yeah. a question you want to throw back at me? No, I will just, I will just say the swivel chair thing has got me going ever since the first time you said that it's like, like, it that. really is true. And so for me, I think that implication for leaders is, is, is critical. Again, thinking about leaders as individuals, but in this case, thinking about them as a function of their role, right? Translating organizational strategy, advocating for their people, connecting their people with oppor opportunities uh, and other people, um, but also just needing to know what those things are, right? They need to understand the individual. They need to understand the organization. And I think GP Strategies has been saying that for approximately 45 years or more, right? So again, <laughs> it's not like we ask these leading questions that led us back to some of our foundational like underpinnings and frameworks and models, but like when you really think about it and analyze and interpret, it totally did, um, which cool. That was cool. That, well, a good moment there. You're saying, you know, from, from what I'm hearing from you both and the math I can't quite do, but it seems mm -hmm. like Same. you were saying uh, individuals want these conversations at least quarterly, if not more frequently. Obviously, as you as you had mentioned, Leah, straddling that balance of it being fatiguing every week, what's yeah. next? Um, but the norm is either, uh, it sounds like roughly six out of 10 organizations were at most having these once a year or never. Right. Yep. That, that's a pretty big gap. That's a wake up call for me. I mean, there's mm -hmm. that saying that you could, again, put on a T-shirt is, you know, managers do things right. Leaders do right things. Oh, and that's that. a that's a huge star right there of, of something that's an aha moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure and again, why do they avoid it? Back to what we said at the beginning. I don't want to have this conversation because I don't feel confident as a leader that I can engage. You know, I'm afraid of what they're going to ask me for. And so part of the reason why I think Katie and I are so passionate about this research is because it, it, it tells us, no, 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 don't don't worry about those things. There's another value to the conversation that your people want to get from uh, from from talking to you. And it's not all about those fear factors that you have. So please right. don't fall into that 27% of, of not engaging because you're really missing an opportunity for the organization and for the individual to create that, that you know, win for both. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Uh, it's huge stuff. When you have a manager that's having those conversations with you, you feel like you have an advocate, someone in your corner. And, you know, when you have people that are real with you, that, that kind of makes you want to stay more or at least give, you know, have a talk with them of, hey, I'm thinking of spreading my wings here. You're giving the company at least an, a chance to retain you or maybe shift your role or help develop you or something. And I think that's great. And I think so many people just have that fear factor of, um, well, I have to keep quiet and, I, you know, and they just leave and, and the organization doesn't even have a chance. So yeah. there's so many practical things that you're bringing up from these paradoxes that um, I, I Hopefully, hopefully we can spread the word about this report and also um, just this this practice and in, in helping organizations on that. But you know what? We've got one more paradox. I know. One more paradox. Katie, do you want to lead this one off here? I what is the paradox? What's number four? Yeah. So paradox number four, I feel like it's probably one that I don't care like in what industry you work and where you are. It's probably the most relatable of all the paradoxes. Um, and it's the, the fact that my current priorities 
prevent me from prioritizing my development. So what I would say if I were in a classroom is raise your hand if this applies to you. So if you're driving your car or whatever, raise your hand. And and I, I know that probably most people that are listening have had an experience where maybe there's something they wanted to do to develop themselves, a session they wanted to go to, a podcast they wanted to listen to, whatever, but something else got in the way. And so you know, we heard all along through all of the different data points that we've discussed that that development is actually really important to people. And also at the same time, it's very, very challenging for those moments to happen because of what's on their plate. So, um, you know, what's on fire that day? What is, you know, what is rising to the top in terms of urgency and priority? So one of the things that I think is interesting here is, you know, we ask people, and, and to me, I was thinking like, you know, for all the clients that we work with that, you know, are, are running talent development functions or leadership development functions, this was like my, our gift to you is like, hey, here's something you can use to like give to your your leadership of like, if you offered professional development opportunities, how likely would you be to take advantage of them? And like some of the other data points, we had nearly three quarters of people say that they were either likely or very likely, 74% of but people said, I would be likely or very likely to take advantage of development. So what that tells me is that people are hungry to grow. Again, very similar to what we talked about with skills and values and learning new skills and staying in the same job. But what we did with this question was we actually took a look not at the 74% of people who said they were likely, but we looked at the 26% of people who said they were not likely, like, eh, not at all, or maybe just somewhat. And we asked them a follow-up question, essentially, why, right? If so you are not interested in development, and I would love to know why. So we gave people a pick yeah. list. Of, yeah, it's kind of fun, right? Because sometimes the data will show you something like on the surface, but then sometimes it's like the inverse of that. It's like, okay, well, if not, then why not? And so we provided this pick list of, thing, of things and I could totally tease you and be like, you know what? Okay, I'll just tell you, no time. I want to know. Yeah, no, you probably could guess though, <laughs> lack of time and competing priorities. So essentially what gets in the way of what being able to pursue paradox. development opportunities. And so- <laughs> This is probably, again, not super surprising. People are saying they want to develop, but they're also, we also have a subset of people that are saying like, I can't and here's why. We also have less than, fewer than half of employees saying that they're spending the right amount of time on their development. So we know there's a gap between what people want and what they're currently able to get. And I think there's big implications there for talent development professionals about understanding those barriers to developing people um, and then helping maybe make things a little bit more uh, part of the expected either culture or practice of the organization. So this training is not necessarily just, it's not a nice thing to have. It's actually necessary to function in my role. And everybody understands mm. the investment of time that I put in is, is valid. Uh, it's to be expected. There's contingency plans. Every, you know, we, everybody knows that X, Y, and Z uh, training uh, opportunity might be happening. So really folks that are able to operationalize and uh, which sounds like such a, a you know, harsh word, but being able to really weave that into the fabric of the organization, right. development is normalized, it happen, right? it's celebrated, it's not just tolerated, right? It's really something that you're able to bring to the forefront of, of what it takes to be a great leader, a great uh, individual contributor at any organization. So, you mm. know, for me, I kind of folded in the paradox as well as the implication, but the, the headline is there's a gap between the development people want to get and the, their ability to actually pursue it. Um, and I do think for a lot of a lot of it, the answer lies at the organizational level, as I mentioned, and then at the leader level, understanding what are those barriers are and working like mad to try to clear them so people mm. can develop and grow. They can feel that value. They can feel their skills increase and they can ultimately be hopefully much more valuable to you in the organization for a much longer period of time and be happier while they're doing it. So everybody wins. Damn it. <laughs> 
I yeah, love when they I can see there, there's fertile ground on the leadership practice, both for GP and Leah on this one, because as you said, the word operationalize, that's always the trick there. It's like, yeah, yeah it makes sense. You know, go back to Stephen Covey's quadrants, right? Quadrant runs urgent and important. And it's everyone spends all their time there if they're not looking at TikTok or something. Uh, and then quadrant <laughs> two is that one that it's urgent and not important. That's what you're talking about. That's where you're growing and developing and getting that satisfaction. And uh, just how do you make that happen? And I'm sure that's that's a big part of your leadership practices. I'm not correct. It's just helping people sit down and go, how do you actually do this on a day-to-day -day basis? Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's how you help individuals um, leaders, right, and organizations. Because I think one of the things we've talked around it a little bit in this session, but I think it's worth highlighting is it really is this partnership, right, between individuals, people, leaders, and organizations. So yes, it is about the individual sitting down and getting really clear on, well, what are my values? What's important to me? You know, what, what are the job conditions under which I do my best work? Um, how can I think about growing and learning from even failures or setbacks. So that growth mindset and, and speaking up, right. The onus is on yeah. the individual to speak up about what it is that they need. Um, and then also people, leaders and organizations, you know, have a part in, in that engagement with the individual as well. Um, and Katie, I don't know. I know you sometimes highlight the, what the people leaders need to do as well. I don't know if you want to chime in on the, I covered individual, you might want to chime in on people, leaders and organizations, but you know, the implication is that all three really do play a role. Which again, it, so yeah, I totally can do that. I know I will say two, well, two things. One is this is the point of view that we've had all along, right? Just like engagement, career development is everyone's responsibility and opportunity, right? So again, going back to what I mentioned before about those career conversations, like people leaders have it indicative upon them to understand who their people are, um, to really also understand at the same time, not just the individual, the organization, the strategy, the needs, what is happening. And then organizations, as I, I just mentioned previously, like the ability to um, really make this development and career development part of the fabric of the organization. It's normalized, it's celebrated. Um, there's equity in terms of who has access to opportunities. I think that's a big thing for organizations. Maybe there's just pods of people now that have access to things like coaching and, and leadership development, and that really shouldn't be the case. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but I will hmm. say though, because I know we probably got to wrap up, but in the research report, there is a table that breaks this down in a lot more granular detail. So you'll see bullets, uh, bulleted um, implications and action items for individuals, for people, leaders, and for organizations. So no matter what lens you're absorbing the information through, there should be some applicable info for you to, to take it and really uh, make some make some progress. Great. So you, you both are leading me down the right path here. I know you've both been very generous with your time and we're bumping up against our allotted people's drive here, so is over so yes there well you know but that's the beauty of a podcast it's like you stop talking when you when you've hit uh, your your mark there it's not like we were waiting for a calgon commercial here or anything so <laughs> it's it's good on that end um so this report looks very cool uh i'm excited to learn more about it where can a listener obtain the report so you can go right through the GP Strategies website. 
Um, okay. So you can go to the GP Strategies website. We do have a page, uh, a leadership development page. I have found the easiest way to get there is to do a term search for Paradox because what it does, but two things will pop up. One is the report itself. And the other one is the webinar that we did um, in the middle of May, oh, okay. breaking down the results, I would say even more granularly than we did today. So there's a couple of different ways that you can continue to get more information, find the source report itself or, uh, or the webinar if you would like to view that on demand. Oh, great. And then, Leah, if someone uh, wants to reach out to you, yeah. where can they find you? LeaderConnect.com or Leah.Clark at LeaderConnect.com. Very cool. All right. So you two, any final thoughts here as we uh, wrap up this fantastic conversation on career perspectives in the year 2023? I'll give you both one chance for one final thought. So I'm going to steal Katie's uh, celebrate, not tolerate. That was, I wanted to grab on that from your yeah. last comment when Ooh. it comes to career development. But I would say, you know, don't be afraid of engaging with your people around career development conversations. They will be some of the most rewarding and meaningful discussions that you could have with your people. They will benefit you as a leader for sure. It lets your people know that they're valued, that prioritize them as a human being and really what could be better than that. So, you know, really that's the key message I would say, don't, don't uh, step away from those conversations, lean into them because they're good for you from a leader perspective an engagement perspective. And most certainly they're going to benefit the individual who has a chance to talk about some things that are really important mm. to them. Celebrate, not tolerate. Katie, just made it up. add to that? I mean, that <laughs> is, that's, think, that's money. That's just really made it up. Again, more, more t-shirt ideas. I think, I yeah. think the concept or tattoos. of tattoos, I mean, we yeah, it on no, absolutely. I think the concept of, um, what, what comes to mind for me is the concept of equity. So thinking about that, um, as, as an organization, right at that level, is there equitable, um, access to things like opportunities, information, um, but also as a leader taking stock in terms of under, like, is there equity even amongst the people that you have on your team? I think sometimes as leaders, like maybe you feel a little bit closer to some of your team members than others, and maybe some folks are just kind of giving you more on that level where you feel like you can have, you know, those conversations. But I really challenge leaders to be equitable in how they're approaching those career development conversations and also take stock of any biases that they have or preconceived notions about career. To Leah's point, do you have myths that ought to be busted around what career development means, what career mm. development conversations look like, and why you maybe should not have them or should have them, right, to our point. So so I do think there's a little bit of, um, to steal some of Adam Grant's thunder, right, unlearning maybe what was, what you may have thought to be true around career development and really looking at what the data is telling us about what people want um, and how to deliver to them in a way that uh, proves beneficial for both individual and organization. Well, Leah, Katie, on behalf of our global listeners, I want to thank you for your time and your insight today. This was awesome. And I want to ask both of you to please promise to come back very soon. I would be happy to. And I'll see more of Katie's, Katie's uh, punchlines for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you two. Thank you so much. This is a good one. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.